Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I don't like blood Welcome to With Gorley and Rust, take two. <laughs> take two, not Final Destination 2. No. Take two for me and my buddy Matt. We started an episode and just bailed on the intro. Yeah. With good reason. It wasn't anything fun. You're no. not missing anything. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, uh, but maybe that take one that we did was the premonition <gasps> that we had. That of- was what the episode was supposed to be, and we cheated the podcast. Yes. Oh the podcast, uh, a bombed episode's design. This podcast will find its way back to getting us to do that again. Maybe with the final, final destination movie. At the Part very five. end of that episode. Old- final destination <laughs> <Yes>. goes west. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's already going. This new thing's already going well with. <laughs> Five null goes west. Holy crap. I'm Matt Gorley. I'm Paul Rust. If you're new to this franchise, this is with Gorley and Rust, the titular we, who are here to say that we talk at length, Mm -hmm. easy listening style, Mm -hmm. cozy horror movies, thrillers, and occasional non-horror movies. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust, where you can get feature-length commentaries, mailbag episodes. We're going to start some other special episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got cozy bracket and cozy tournaments in there. So many goodies. A Discord. All the old episodes that you can't necessarily get. Mm, through your podcast that's exactly right they're all on there um and and uh yeah welcome back old friends old listeners it's good to be back with y'all and then also if there are some people like you said who are joining us for the first time maybe final heads maybe there's some final destination heads i think that i imagine that to be a pretty cool crew so welcome welcome i hope that they dress like the people in this movie on purpose it's like that's kind of their brand is their final heads and they dress in these really like 2000s era clothes fashions yes the uh do you know uh, clothes fashions Early 2000 fashion is yeah, uh, yeah is on full display. I this. mean, this and Freddy versus Jason are at peak 
Oh, they're perfect companions. I yeah. mean, because it's like a, 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 they're both New Line Cinema, right? Early Audis. They have that sheen of New Line, whatever yes. that is, and the title font. The like every every letter has to have a little faint echo or yes, blur yes. and slash through it. Secretly, action movies. Yeah, I mean they, they right. are fun. They're more not action movies. I should say they're built to be thrill rides. Yes, they're like more yes. thrill ride than horror movie, which yeah. is fine. That's, yeah. I love it. Uh, but the um, the uh, the thing that you know, and both of those are, I mean, Nightmare on Elm, uh, New Line Cinema because of Nightmare on Elm Street, people refer to it as the house that Freddie built. Yes, and when I was watching Final Destination, I was like, there are hits of the Kruger in this. Yeah. The kind of like when that first death where it looks people think it was a suicide but it it was actually the final destination green water yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it was up to and then they come in and they're like oh he killed himself but we know there was some sort of supernatural thing that happened like uh uh or whatever uh, i don't know what you would define that as it's like the first kill in nightmare on elm street where the guy hangs himself in the jail cell and the idea that like um whatever the slasher is kind of not entirely always by body it can kind yeah. of like enter this this uh brantley our researcher wrote mm-hmm. in the notes that originally they wanted a face to represent death but the filmmakers fought that and yeah. just wanted it to be amorphous kind of Two things, I mean, that blew my mind in those notes that, as always, thank you so much, Brantley Palmer, yes. for uh, uh, sharing them with us. The, uh, yeah, that, that the studio wanted death to be, right, a figure that like kind of appears when yeah. this stuff is happening. Almost like a Grim Reaper or something. Yeah. And then the other one that kind of goes with it was that the the writers that were brought on who are credited with the original writer, um, in the original story script, it was people would get in. Oh, and this is also like Nightmare on Elm Street would be in such intense situations based on their own fears. Yeah. That they would kill themselves. Right. And these were also people that didn't know each other, not a group of teens. They were all kinds of different people. And then going back even further, this script was originally a treatment for an X-Files episode. Yes. And uh, it wasn't turned in. The person just, somebody said, hey, don't make this an X-Files episode. You could make it a screenplay. Yeah. And then, coincidentally, two people involved with the X-Files ended up making the show. Yeah. So it was just all had this kind of... Uh, Predestination. Yeah. Oh, it had to be made. You couldn't cheat it. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, the um, New Line uh, Cinema uh, and the... the um, yeah, the, the, that... Uh, there's something um how they all look those teens yeah, yeah. there is a sheen the teen sheen uh, oh the teen oh the, sheen. the idea that oh sorry sorry the thing that blew my mind and the second thing was they said instead of having it be that the people get so freaked out based on their own fears that the destiny shows them it's this Rube Goldberg thing. Yeah, which I like. Oh, most definitely. I mean it's what Final Destination like is. I didn't you know I've never seen these movies, I had a very basic understanding of what the concept was. So this is all new to me, and I'm along for the ride. Hopefully not a roller coaster ride at some point. Uh, Matt? Don't tell me <laughs> if I've hit on anything. Uh, you got the experience. I've only watched this once, and it was 
practically 20 years ago. Have you seen all of them? Uh, I haven't seen the last one. Okay. Um, uh, but I've seen definitely the first three to my heart's content. You must have some kind of major... I mean, uh, two and three I've watched multiple times. Yeah. First one I've... Two and three you've watched. Okay, so these are going to get a little better? Three the most, two less so. One, this is the only second time I watched it. And the first time I watched it, Matt, I had the experience you had, which was, I didn't know it was like a Rube Goldberg thing. Yeah. So when that stuff started happening, I was like, oh, F, yeah. This is- Death loves electrocution. Like that's his first try for most people. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that'd be like uh, for Freddie. It's like his blades. Yeah. First. He's going to go for that before yeah. he like turns into a worm. <laughs> 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 that eats you. Uh, but the movie would have been, those two things would have been radically different if they had somehow figured out a way to have like a specter presence that appears yeah. whenever the accidents happen, that would have ruined it. And if they would have had it where it wasn't, I, uh, I came up with a new term when I was that. watching it. Rube Gorber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I could see where they would have gone for that. And it would have been a Freddy-like thing who this demon, like token iconic character would show up and kill them in some way. And it could have been a new slasher thing. But yeah, it was better not to. Yeah, it would have been like a thing of, um, right, he appears and he's the one who like, taps the soup can that makes the thing fall yeah, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. The soup can killer. It's a little building off the idea of uh, what Gremlins is kind of in there is the like, if a detective came in and looked at all this, it could be like, oh no, the microwave blew up and killed yeah. the, uh, the, the chairlift flipped out. These were all mechanical failures, yeah. not gremlins. It's the same thing. Like a detective comes in here and is like, well, somebody just had some bad luck. Yeah. The news said the plane, you know, had like a something failure of some kind. And yeah. that guy hung himself and then the soup can fell. <laughs> a little more business and we'll get started sure. here. Um, yours truly, meaning both of us truly, <laughs> plus our dear friend, Matt Myra, have uh, mm. begun the long promised promise of <laughs> Indiana Jonesing, which is we're going to do an episode on all five of the Indiana Jones movies. The first one will be out March 1st. So that's like a week from today. Good golly, Miss Molly. I can't wait. We recorded the Raiders episode yeah. already and it was so much fun. Yeah. And so check that out. It's on the James Bonding feed. So search for James Bonding to get Indiana Jonesing. Perfect. That's great. I love it. Also, I've started an occasional new podcast with my friend Mark McConville called Mall Walking. Yes, tell me about this. This sounds so cool. We just hook up some mics and we record ourselves walking through various local shopping malls. Oh, that sounds so. Talk about cozy. Rating, so comfortable. Reviewing, trying some things out. We've already been kicked out of a Macy's. What? Uh, Because you had equipment? Yeah. They don't like microphones? Apparently not. Macy's, come on. So far, we've ended every episode in the massage chairs. (laughs) <laughs> so uh check it out that's uh that's on- dad's favorite part of the ball they're telling me this that's dad the, the yeah. joke that a dad has to say when he sits down on the yeah. chair he's like this is my favorite part of the mall and we shop here <laughs> you can search mall walking with no g or it's just on the pistol shrimps radio feed anything for you uh well that's great that's uh, love it that's awesome all right it's final destination time yes okay General thoughts? Where were you when? Uh, how do you want to start? 
well, let's talk about your experience because it's it's hot off the presses. It's in the immediate. Yeah, this is one that my wife has more experience with than me. As I said, I haven't seen it. So I was excited because, you know, she's in and out with these franchises, depending on what we do, but she's going to watch these ones with me, which always makes it more fun for Mm -hmm. me. So I really enjoyed the movie. Um, It's just a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And good, really good deaths. (laughs) Yes. Not only like good gore and good kills, but couple of real surprises I didn't see coming. Uh-huh. Maybe one I really did. Um, <laughs> so I had a good time. It's a silly movie. Uh-huh. And the, the 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 texture or whatever of the gore I think is like good. Yeah. Like it's Yeah. It's not too CGI'd out. Right. Um it still has some basis in like prosthetics and it is more um on the Raimi yeah. fun cartoon level of like when he's in the plane and it's crashing in his vision yeah. and it just spends like eight seconds on his face getting like roasted. Yes. Yeah. I think that's supposed to be more the level of like, that's fun than, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, a sort of like, a God, that's really a, a Rob Zombie sort of treatment of like, right. if you saw a guy's face get roasted. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, I'm in, I'm excited. And, and, and what I gather is that you like two and three more. So I'm, I'm in for a little bit more of a treat maybe. Yeah. I mean, my memories of two and three are that I like them more, but that doesn't have any, that's not a, uh, I'm not denigrating this first one because yeah. I really, uh, like this first one. The best comparison I can make, the franchise feels like um, the Rocky movies oh, where... <laughs> they get more fun. Yeah, they kind of start going like all the stuff that kind of buttressed the first one that makes it all work. Yeah. We know how it works now. You don't have to see the boring conversation Rocky has with Adrian before the montage. We could just do the montage. Oh, nice. Okay. So I don't want to spoil anything about two or three. And I've made that choice already. Yeah. With one, there's a couple of things that happen that I'm like, I'm not going to go, well, in part two and three, you oh, know, just okay. so it stays. Exciting. You know, yeah. Well, that makes it me even more excited. Yeah, but I do love two and three. I mean, and I have no idea who's in them or... You know, right? Yeah, I don't know a thing about these except for the ending of There's part five, which I've said before. Someone spoiled on the oh, wow. on a comment section. <laughs> so great! Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> I was worried that maybe it got spoiled. Like you were reading like some test screening on ain'tcoolnews.com. Oh my god! Harry Knowles was at a test screening and they spoiled it. <laughs> um, do you check ain'tcoolnews.com every day? No, but let me check it today. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if it was some uh, like uh, weird like Julian Assange <laughs> Russian <laughs> uh, uh, sponsored state media? Oh god! But through the lens of like geek pop culture, it's so great. It's it hasn't changed. Uh, and the top article here is check out the trailer for Expired, and I. Is that like a milk carton that attacks you? (laughs) (laughs) And it, oh no, that Casper Van Dien talks the new thriller daughter. Hmm. If, if spoiled is about like the, the milk carton that attacks you when it gets spoiled. I imagine like the scene is like, so what? It's been in a a fridge for three years. (laughs) 
big deal. And the other I'll drink goes, it. What's the yeah, big I'll deal? I'll drink it right now. Big deal. And I like the cottage goes, cheese. And the person goes, the fridge was unplugged. <gasps> what? That changes practically everything now. Is this, is Harry Knowles, he's been fired from Ain't It Cool? Or is he still running things? I, I think he, he, he's, he's stepped down. So who's running this stuff? Carrie Knowles, which some people Beyonce think is just Knowles. a clever disguise. What if Beyonce Knowles is running this thing? Harry Knowles and Beyonce Knowles were um, certainly not family members, but I think they were classmates. Uh, it's funny that all the reviewers have to have pseudonyms, too. Oh, look, I got to get off this thing. It's um, always a thing. We can't get mad off, ain't it cool news? I know. He's oh man, I just go down once I uh, uh, once I go down the the hole of ain't it cool news. It's like then I look up and the sun has gone down and it's yeah. two a.m. and the pot of water on the stove is boiling. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would just be a big pot of mist. But that's an accident waiting to happen on a final destination level. The pot of mist. Just if if I just left the a pot on the stove, a bubbling. That's a final destination ready to happen. Especially for a frog. <laughs> Most significantly for a frog. Yeah. Uh, it is. To, I was thinking about, you know, these things all happen in the final destination movies because of little accidents and unforeseen kind of mm -hmm. uh, um, problems. It's like, I feel like when you're growing up, or even as an adult, you see an adult who's kind of like just a nervous Nelly. And you sort of clock it. You're just kind of like, you'll go into an aunt's house and an aunt's like, don't go near the bed. Da, 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 da. And you're like, I wasn't going to go through the window here and then like fall on the gate spike. But in your mind, it is. It's like the final destination either seems like, Built to scare or from the mind of yeah. a nervous aunt. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. An uptight helicopter mom or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, what were you doing having floss out that long? <laughs> you could have tripped and strangled yourself. <laughs> so where where were you when you first saw this? It's the year 2000. You're probably like in your late 20s. Um. No, you're early 20s. Oh, that's what's trippy about this, dude. These are like high school seniors. In This movie came out, I think, March 20, uh, up 2000. Oh, uh, so you're 19? So I was, this is my senior year of high school. Shit. I was you about, were these guys. I wasn't 19 yet. I was, a, I was these guys. Yeah. Um, I was about to turn 19. I was 18 my senior year. If I had gone and seen this on opening weekend, I would have been 18 my senior year. Gotcha. I saw it when it came out on a DVD. My, probably my... And this is pretty fresh for DVDs. This is hot. DVD oh, that's why time. I mentioned it. Because oh, I yeah. remember the DVD had this kind of like glimmery... Like the final destination, it was like the packaging was a little cooler. If it was like mylar foil label of <laughs> <Yeah>. some kind. <laughs> like, a, like those, um, yep. what were those baseball cards that were like a cut above? Top, oh, top deck. Top deck. Yeah. 
Upper deck. Kind of upper a, deck. Upper deck. Yeah, yeah, top deck. Which is so funny now. Upper decker is like when you take a shit in a toilet <laughs> tank. It's like, well, how fancy is it really? Um, but um, yeah, so we watched the DVD. I was in my dorm room with my friends. A mixture of my friends I knew in high school who came to that college and then also our new college friends, which is just oh, wow. a really special time and going and renting a movie at that's rentertainment. And I was city, <laughs> Iowa, bringing it back to a dorm room with some food you got on the way and yeah. then eating it with friends and having a good time. Uh, uh, I did think like this movie is like a, either because of the circumstances I watched it or just like, yeah, it's like people who are supposed to be 17, 18 at the time that I was. Yeah. So they got the same goofy haircuts and clothes, but they're even, if you can imagine like what we were all wearing was far goofier because we were yeah. trying to like, look what that was supposed to be sophisticated. Right. You were the age of the characters in this movie and I was the age of most of the actors in this movie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's Maybe right. not Allie Larder. She looks young, but <laughs> like <laughs> like Stifler and the other guy. <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, uh, so it was uh, right in the the the, the pocket. Yeah. Of, um, uh, so yeah, when I saw it, I remember same thing. I didn't know the his premonition got me like the the when the plane blew up i was like what, what what and then when it came out of his like ding fantasy you're like oh he imagined all what was going to happen that really got me mm. and i remember thinking like okay this movie's pretty good that I, that that was a good hook into this yeah and then when the teacher death rolled around and it started it was the second time you saw the rube goldberg thing come together yeah. that's like the Rube Goldberg in my mind where it yeah. like clicked off where I was like, I know what this movie is. Now I know what they're all doing, you know, uh, rewatching it a second time. It's interesting. Here's what your experience was because I thought there was sort of a delay between the first Rube Goldberg. And then the second one is like the bus one, which isn't yeah. quite one. And then, um, it, it like, a they explain, death and death design before the teacher one. And I do think it makes it more satisfying mm -hmm. because you know, like, Oh, this is what the premise yeah. of the movie is. And now it's, but because they make the choice to have it kind of get explained. There's like a good, I checked the first death is Rube Goldberg death is 30 minutes. Yeah, and the then the next the one bathtub, is, you mean, uh, yeah, yeah. the hanging. Yeah. And then the teacher death, not counting the bus death is like 58 minutes. So there's like a good half hour Whoa. where it's just figuring out the rules of the thing. But did that not seem like a... No, and the bus death was so out of the blue. I did not see it coming. Neither did she. <laughs> I loved it. It was so satisfying. I, I mean, I actually did a whoa, you know. That's cool. And were yeah. you... Was it like a whoa because you're sensing throughout that scene like something's getting set up here. The, the jock is coming in too fast and it almost hit Sean William Scott. Like, you know, something bad. You just yeah, not sensing that I it's the guess, bus. I'm not even sure about that. Where like Sean William Scott's death, you can see coming a mile away because mm -hmm. they're already setting up mm -hmm. the, the tin thing. And then, yeah, you, you know, the premise of the movie. The yeah. 
but this one, no, I just thought I didn't, I just, I don't know. I may, I was just into it. And this is so great. Then that, yeah. Oh, that's so great. Then that we got to, you got to see this the first time and I get yeah. to have the experience of being like, that meant they doled out that information in a way that was like satisfied. For yeah. Me. It really hit. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. Um, and so, yeah, when she, the bus hit her, you were like, whoa, yeah. was Amanda, whoa, or did she remember that? No, no. In fact, I asked, I was like, did you remember that? And she goes, no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the bus thing. I, if, if it had been a Rube Goldbergian sort of death, I would have uh, been like, oh, that's what I remember it. Yeah. I, I was surprised that it wasn't a trap thing. Yeah. It's just. I mean, that like, why be- isn't death always that efficient? I mean, that seems to be the way to go. Especially when um, they were all collected there, too. I know. So the bus could have just skidded and sort of like popped each one out in the order. Yeah, or fishtailed and just swept them along. Or or (laughs) a truck hauling live grenades with their pins pulled. (laughs) And a pin gets pulled each precisely in the order for each grenade that they're holding. Like a string kind of comes by and goes, ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Pulls off each pin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you the the premise is pretty dope, right? The idea yeah. Of like, yeah. I mean, it's so silly how granular they try to get with how who got killed in order of this airplane accident. Yes. You know, and then the sort of fact that he he doesn't have a premonition, right? He just happens to pick up on the patterns, and they say the patterns are always there. You just have to notice them. Yeah. Um. Right. And it does make me, you saying that, like him picking up in the patterns and who Devin Sawa's uh, character is. I really like Devin Sawa, by the way. Um, of the, uh, I guess he does have a premonition, but it's the picking up on the pattern that allows him to have it. They don't yeah. fully explain that. Yeah. I mean, when I say that I like part two or three more, I don't mean to say, I really loved watching Vital Destination. Yeah. So, uh, and I enjoyed the movie. But, uh, with him having the premonition or uh, are you saying he had little clues beforehand? I think they say that. Yeah. Cause he, mm-hmm. well, he doesn't like his mom taking the tag off. So that like starts to get him nervous. He's already nervous. Yeah. And then the, for some reason, the fact that the, the departure time and his birthday are the same, that really is like starts to awaken him, which I, I was saying, like, I think most people would see that as a good thing. Oh, it's like lucky. you know? Yeah. I mean, right. I guess in his point of view, we're thinking he's a guy who doesn't like flying and he's just getting set off by all the kind of like things that could scare you if you yeah. were looking for them. Right. Right. But I do wish not to be like, I wish he was like Keith Gordon, but <laughs> it, Keith Gordon and Dress to Kill is kind of set up as like, uh, Science-minded, yeah, in, internal thinking. Slightly, you might be seen as the outside world as like a misfit outcast. Mm-hmm. If we had just had a I agree. touch more of that with Sawa when they were in the airport to know, like, oh, people, he doesn't have to be bullied. It's just you're kind of like, he's the freak. Yeah, everyone had to be good looking in this movie when they should have had more fun with 
horror tropes. And like you said, if, if a, a slightly more everyday person or something, and it's all, they're all so white and Canadian. Sorry. Yeah, no, they're, they're all, it's a extremely uh, white yeah. cast. And it, it is funny though, the way the types get picked, it works. It makes way more sense than any other slasher collection of people where you're like, you know, when you watch like Friday the 13th part seven or something, you're like, why on earth is the high society Pris girl hanging out with yeah. the jokester and the yeah. jock and the like, they're all oh, the John Hughes types. Yeah. That brought them all together. And then they weren't the same people. Yeah. It's it, so great. And, but it's also that, yeah, right. What brings them together isn't like that they're friends. They're just like, yeah, it would make sense. It just happened to be these people that they chose. But it took me a while to figure out that Sean William Scott was not a cruel jock because he shows up in like all this hockey gear and a backwards hat. And he, we know him from being kind of a bully in his other movies. He and slowly reveals himself to be a goofball. He's completely a goofball. By the end, he's like, is he's that like the like, slow burn of his character? He goes from like, you think he's going to be like a dick to like, he's a goof. Well, that's the thing is I think they didn't get that part right. Cause I think they cast everybody by looks mm. and they didn't go for, Types, which normally I'm like, I don't want to put people, it's boring to see character stereotypes, but this this was just so homogenous, you know? And even Ali Larder, who's supposed to, I think, be kind of just this brooding goth type, but actually really isn't. And the fact that she believes him and then suddenly does not believe him for no reason, then snitches him down to the cops. <laughs> but that I think is a problem of the, we can talk about yes. this too, the, the right. alternate or the original ending and the original through line of their love story, which was cut from the film completely. Yeah. So in, uh, Brantley's notes, it was, they did test screenings. They were great. The one thing people didn't like was that there was this romance subplot. So they went back, did six days of reshoots for $2 million. Wow. Uh, cause they must've known that this was, Oh, people just really like this idea. Let's yeah. try to execute it in the best way. So, yeah. and you can, when you watch the movie, I think like the funeral scene after when they go to uh, the funeral scene after the plane crash, before any of the final destination yeah. deaths, that felt like a reshoot. Just like how you can just see, uh, oh, they're really making yeah. deliberate choices how things get set up. But with, um, yeah, with the choosing the actors and stuff, I did think like, Oh, with the romantic subplot, I I like that there's no romantic subplot. It yeah. makes it so much more just have momentum that you're not getting slowed down by like. Yeah. Well, this one gets weird too because do you know how the original ending goes? So tell me because you watched it. So yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, so the whole s romantic subplot basically culminates with Devin Sawa, Alex, and. What's her name? Ellie Larder's character? The character's name is, um, oh, uh, uh, I thought it was Claire, but it's Clear, and her character's last name is Waters. So her character's name is Clear Waters. What? In order to see the clearest signs. Well, the, all, a lot she, of the people had last names that were horror directors, too. Did you read that? Yeah. Hitchcock, Luton, uh, Cheney. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think the teacher's name is just Val Luton, which yeah. is like the name of the character. Yeah. Um, that we'll just quickly tab this the the poorer yeah um by the year 2000 you guys gotta up your game like john carpenter joe dante they've been doing this for like over 25 years by that point like the funny inside joke naming a character after something related yeah i kind of want to what i but i can't even conceive it but what's the post post (laughs) modern I guess you name it's Luton is close. It's just you name the characters named. after the directors that were name checking people in the first place. So Carpenter. Dante. Dante. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. They should have done that instead of Luton and Hitchcock. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So Clear and Alex think that the only way to cheat death is for them to have a baby that can be innocent and not planned by death and they can't take the baby. Death can't take the baby. That sounds like when um kids who are like devout yeah. like figure out a way to have sex. Yeah. Actually, if we do this, uh Satan can't get us because we'll have a I think Satan baby. might be in my ejaculate. So I gotta get it out of my body. <laughs> so she gets pregnant and the movie ends with the same thing with her trapped in the car, but Devin Sauer goes over and grabs the electrical cable and fries himself to sacrifice himself so that they could live. So that's the same footage? So, uh, Well, there's you see him full special effects and everything dying, burning up. Okay. Like it was really shot. But in, in some of the shots that, um, did they use some of the shots from the original ending still in the I new think, ending that you're like, oh, yeah. in that character's brain in that moment, they thought they were pregnant? Yes. Okay. And uh, and then it ends with Clear and then Carter at the grave site, which now has all the other dead people added to it. That does make sense in that when they were three characters who were still living at the end, I was like, that's not usually how horror movies work. It's usually just one person. Yeah. So that figures out the math a little bit that it was like, oh, it's supposed to be two people standing. As a, yeah. Yeah. But I do like the way the the later version ends with Carter dying and then you're like, uh-oh, we're on again. Here oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. I like the ending a lot. Yeah, so, so I'm curious to see how two picks up from that. It also just seems like... I mean, you you were the one who watched this, so you told me. <laughs> just like a bummer to be like, oh, she's pregnant, now they're doing this, and now they have the responsibility, and yeah. he died, and yeah. like... Now she's a single mom with no real job. Except Carter now to... I mean, are you going to support a baby on that welding art career? I was, <laughs> that was something I did. Not, that was the biggest twist of the film. What that, that dialogue about the sculpture? Just, just the fact that she's a iron sculptor. <laughs> I mean, that, that was a scene that seemed like a reshoot. I was like, this is what you thought was essential to get her to talk about how the metal head thing reminds her of Devin yeah. Sawa. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, you know, why they, if they cut the romantic subplot, just in general, I'm always for that, unless it's going to be a big component of a movie. I'm just like, you don't need a, that romantic subplot and Tommy boy guys. <laughs> That's not why I ever watched a W. Uh, so I'm happy they cut out, but I also like could see just how like, um, that's not like with those two characters. There's no magnetism between them. No. Um, they both seem like 
they could be substitute teachers or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know. In fact, I wasn't even sure that that their teacher wasn't a student at one point where I was like, wait, she's the teacher. What's going on here? Okay. Oh, the, the, uh, Miss Luton. Miss Luton could almost be a student and Carter could almost be a teacher. Yes. Yeah, yeah you're right. Definitely. They, one could either be the other's TA or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the woman who played the teacher, when I first moved to LA, in summer 2004, I remember a friend telling me that they have a friend who they know. Uh, they did they did a play together out here in LA, something like that, and uh, they met somehow. Oh, and his wife is that teacher who dies in Final Destination. Oh wow! And I'll tell you, Matt, it was the first time I got the hit of. from show business it was like a really like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you talk to somebody who died at a fight like who knows somebody who like yeah you know now it's uh you can get jaded and everywhere you go somebody knows somebody knew somebody somewhere but it really meant a lot i'll tell you yeah well remember when i went to west cravens for a new year's party yes I went to Allie Larder's for a very small pool party one time because Amanda was in a movie with her and they had a little like small cast pool party rap party there. And, but this was maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I only knew her from heroes. I didn't, I, cause I hadn't seen this. Yeah. I don't know what I played. Was he in the, was she in the Texas chainsaw? I don't know. No, that was some, that was Jessica Biel. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's right. I don't really have her as a certain character in a certain movie. But yeah, so you went to the... And it was fun, and Thomas Middledish was there, and he was weird. What can I say? (laughs) It was really low-key, and... What was the... the, the... Actually, I shouldn't say it was fun, because I, I didn't know anybody, and I felt very awkward. Also, when you go to a pool party, and you don't know anybody... It's yeah, weird. well, this is the 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 kind of the the nightmare version of what I was talking about, where you're kind of a breath away. Yeah. Sort of, uh, the uh, because I I uh, Leslie and I, um, my wife and I, have uh, been married now uh, for almost eight years, and we've uh, you know dated years before that. Um, and uh, 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 I love her so much. Uh, I say all that to say, oh, and I previously dated people. Obviously, <laughs> I so didn't know what, what a dumb with- preface I've made now. <laughs> but um, I once was in a situation that you were in, where it was like dating somebody and then going to their cast yeah. function held by. <laughs> the pretty girl in the cast essentially right. is like throwing the party. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting introduced to the person who was throwing the party and then later being like, um, Oh, so-and-so thought you were so nice. And it was like javelin to the heart. Like, oof, I ain't in this scene, whatever that party was. 
I had a gut feeling I wasn't fitting in. And when I heard that the praise was your boyfriend is nice. Oh, oh. is like, that's not the nice you want. I don't normally like nice as the main defining. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a little bland. Yeah. I, I completely understand Give me that. beguiling. Come yeah, on. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've been to a lot of those where I was on the outside because Amanda did a lot of work around that time. And it was, I was always just gritting my teeth and supporting Amanda, but I never wanted to go. I mean, uh, it's, it's a it's a nice uh, thing. Yes, to be uh, supportive. Um, I was listening to a podcast with a guy who... Uh, who got fired from Lethal Weapon show, Che Crawford. Oh, yeah. And what, it, did he get fired for like rage issues or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And interpersonal. And uh, there's just like a podcast he did, like a video cast that's on YouTube where he talks. And uh, it was like a funny peek into a world of like, oh, I just, you know, as a whatever, an actor or performer, you're just in different pools. And... The way he talks, like, you know, he thinks he's uh, <laughs> Brad Pitt or something, right, you know? Right. And he's like, that's my face. Or he thinks he's Matthew McConaughey, essentially. Oh, yeah. He's like, now, the reason I had to take over the project was because I see all these posters around town with my face on it. Now, I have to live and die by the quality of this show. He's saying this to you? Yeah. No, no, oh. in the video cat. Oh, Okay. And and it's his whole reasoning for why he had to rewrite scripts and try to direct the scenes. And you're like, it's just like one to of those- To protect his brand and image, the one that he's besmirching as we speak. Yes. <laughs> and, his, and his buddy, you know, is like, of course, like, yeah, man, totally. you're oh. right. You know, just one of those, nobody's telling him like, you're the bad person of this story. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it was an insight into, you know, as a, comic performer both of us you have a an eye on when the uh, some two or three comic performers go and you're like okay bye yeah. you're no longer here yeah. you went crazy yes <laughs> it made me realize like oh there is the working handsome CBS CSI drama actor guy and his pool is that pool too uh, yeah. where somebody goes yeah. Speaking of that, whoop doop doodaloo, that's kind of what I was talking about with someone being weird at the party. I assume. Forcing everybody to watch a, a laptop full of his comedy videos. And Are you at the party. Yahoo serious? I am uh, young Einstein as can be. Yeah. Wow, that's- <laughs> he also was very nice. Um, and as uh, you know, we respond to niceness. Who doesn't like niceness? I, I that's the word I want to be most defined as, yeah. as, as I said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, was there any parties? I oh oh the 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 introduction of the characters. Yeah, I did think we're like, I did like the vibe of a class outside of school at night meeting at an airport to go on a class trip. Yeah. is just like a fun. And when they were like walking down the tunnel and they're kind of glancing over and they're like, Oh, that group of friends there, that group of friends, but we're all getting to go. When they started going down the hallway to take their seats, I started thinking, Oh, 
everybody in a movie theater just had this experience 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. ago where they walked into a lobby. It's different kids from their high school. You're like, oh, so-and-so. Here's the, You walk into this thing, you get your seats. You're kind of like talking the whole way. Yeah. Like, I do think the power of the, that opening is like, oh, the weird kind of canniness of a class trip where you get sort of all drawn together in a weird way. Yeah, and it, whoever goes on a class trip is not, it's not the whole class. So it's a weird group of people that wouldn't normally mm-hmm. be together, which I love that disparate group that your jury duties, your hot tubs at a hotel, yes. traffic schools. I thrive in those way, in those situations in ways I can't at a, let's say a pool party, rap party, you know, because there's no pressure and people are very different. And I, I love that, like making friends across gaps and stuff, you know. Yeah, no, you you're right cuz the in those situations uh the jury duty one your existence is I am unknown to these people and I get a sort of a clear yeah, yeah. authentic interaction and then the other um the the big existence shift that I've been thinking about Matt has yeah. been uh I've just been thinking like oh it is you know we we each have a, a daughter now. I, I did like think uh, at a moment where I did appreciate. It, I was like, oh, it's crazy that the shift. If there's just uh, whatever some existential way that you live life yeah. before your kid is sort of like, I'm surviving to make my life better. That's your, just your whole frame of mind, your whole life. Yeah, I'm surviving to make my life better, and then. Four years in, it's like, I'm making my, like, so others, it's just like the best ex- shift in fucking experience well, in the world. What a relief. It takes you out of narcissism. <sighs> and it, it is a relief. That's the crazy thing you don't realize. You think, oh, why would I ever not want to be obsessed with myself, you know? And it takes such pressure off. It's a whole other kind of I mean, of it takes the pressure off for us, even if it's uh, still a dilemma for somebody else. Yeah. It's just, it's a different existential dilemma now. Yeah, it's just like it such really a- is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all you kids who are 15 right now, don't worry about that. Yeah. Just go on your class trips. Go to Have Paris fun. like every class trip does. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the thing I liked about this is when you're seeing all those people get ready and go on the plane, having never seen this movie, I'm thinking- I, I figure that there's a core group that's going to be featured in this movie, but I have no idea which of these teens it's going to be. Right. And there's some who get peeled off pretty quickly. Yeah. So like you don't know those, uh, the brother prissy of the girls. One. Yeah. I think the prissy girls are for sure part of this. Right. I didn't even look at the poster. I just knew Ali Larder and Devin Sawa would be featured. Oh, and Sean William Scott. I just, because he's recognizable. I was yeah. like, well, there's three that'll, that are somehow going to be, in this group. I didn't even really know there was a plane crash, you know? Was, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That plane crash too. Um, it wasn't in Brantley's notes, but I recalled at the time there was, I wouldn't necessarily say a controversy, but people thought maybe the final, de- this movie was picking up on that um, plane crash, the TWA 800 in 1996 that had some students on it. Oh. And, uh, uh, was that the Lockerbie Scotland one? No. No, I think they were flying out of JFK. Oh, I, right, right. I'd screen grabbed a New York Times article about it. but um, And then Oliver Stone a few years later wanted to do 
a TV piece on it on ABC and then it got canceled because it was going to slip into conspiracy territory of like why the plane went down. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like what did you guys expect when you hired this? (laughs) Um, 16 minutes vetting Oliver Stone. That's the special I want to (laughs) see. Sir, uh, it's just, it's you cited here a fever dream you had three weeks ago (laughs) as a a news source. That was in the works cited reference list was my dream. (laughs) You cited your movie JFK (laughs) for evidence on why the mechanics failed on this. (laughs) Um, But the, uh, because the original script, this wasn't Brantley's notes that, um, uh, and that's Brantley. Palmer. Palmer. We're not saying Brant Lee's. Yeah. Uh, um, the uh, that originally was adults. Yeah. And then New Line was like, "Hey, this teen craze is happening. Uh, teen horror craze. Can you make these teenagers?" So maybe it wasn't like a tasteless. Oh, they're using this idea of students going on a class trip and dying in a plane crash was a jumping off point for this fight. It just kind of worked out that way when they decided to make them students. But it is weird. It's like four years after that. So people might be a little sensitive. I mean, sure. Sure. Uh, I think there was. Yeah. But it's like six months after the fight club crash, which when I first saw in the theater, I was like howling with laughter. It's so funny with the like, he's like, sometimes I wish we would just hit a bump and the plane like, splits in half and then the little plastic oxygen bags are just like fluttering nobody can grab them and stuff and then this is like you said uh it's like 18 months before 9-11 the cgi special effect technology that could capture a plane crash kind of only existed in this window of time because after 2001 nobody's really wanting to get into the territory of right. like, what does a plane look like when it's, yeah. when you're inside and getting, but I mean, I don't think this movie, uh, not to be like one of those, they wouldn't make it, but it's just like, if this script came around after 2001, it wouldn't got made. No, right? or they would have changed it to like a bus accident. Yeah. <laughs> Big train. I know. Uh, did you have a, I was going to ask you this, it just is a jumping off point. Have you ever had a near death experience where you have tricked d- uh, deaths uh, plan for you? Not, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I don't think I've been electrocuted a couple of times. So I How? guess that could have like just killed me, but it didn't. I don't know. It only made me stronger. <laughs> what was the condition? I was just a kid dismantling things and mm-hmm. one was I was electrocuted by a battery flash for a camera which stores up energy and really gives it to you hard but I don't think that would have been enough to kill me but then I did twice I've touched exposed wires in the house like 110 voltage you know like a plug Damn. exposed plugs and got electrocuted that's, that way that's pretty final destination the like I the expo- yeah I cheated death well the like I think it's partly uh I mean, I like that they shifted it to teenagers because, like, I don't know. There's a couple of things that, like, work for it because yeah. having teenagers feel like they can trick death and they didn't foresee death in their plan is 
Yeah, because thematically more rich yeah. than a thirty-year-old going through that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, unless it was like someone who's in their golden years, like really, yeah, dealing with death. Oh my god! If they do a bucket list like Final Destination movie, <laughs> Last Vegas destination, Final <laughs> Vegas destination, an eighty for Brady, Brady sort uh, of uh, uh, Final Destination <laughs> movie, where it's like they're tricking death for the last time. They just do a new reboot of Going in Style for the third time. <laughs> um, but it also, uh, so yeah, the idea that kind of like teenagers go through that, but also the idea of like. Um, accidents uh i was listening to an interview with paul thomas anderson about licorice pizza and he was like oh it made me reflect on all the times when i was in high school like i really came close to dying and i didn't even recognize at the time it was 20 years later when i looked back on those times and as a grown-up now when i watch final destination like that's kind of the power yeah it has now a little bit of just like Oh yeah, I wasn't quite wise to everything and the universe in a way could have just been a series of accidents right. where I die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you got a little lucky. I'm sure I've had plenty of those. You had uh, to, uh somebody uh, come along and pull you away from that exposed wire? No, I was <laughs> somehow able to just jerk away. I, yeah, it was also I was so I must have been in junior high or high school i don't remember i was young yeah i mean driving around fast in cars and stuff i think is kind of the like way uh i leslie and i this isn't a teenager sort of thing but we were on a plane once at a almost had a mid-air collision (gasps) we we were going up in the air the plane jerked super crazy the everybody flipped out got back into kind of a mode that we were, you know, safe in. The pilot had to come on and I guess explain what happened. I don't know if those are the rules. He also had to deliver in that kind of like benign Chuck Yeager or whatever style. Like, hey, that wasn't anything. So don't worry. Captain speaking. And like kind of with a chuckle. Yeah, of course. He told (laughs) us that we almost had like a mid-air collision and they, we moved out of the way of a plane that was coming. Up. Oh my god! Plus, you also had that like shooting scare in the airport too. Oh yeah, somebody went through the metal detector. They got freaked out by something, so they went through an exit. Yeah, and the exit door kind of is one that opened up onto a runway, right. not like immediately onto a runway, just like not out by the garbage cans. Yeah, and so then that made people freak out and then yeah there was like a mob of people running down two gates <sighs> and uh we thought there was a shooter and then yeah leslie and i we hid behind a chair with our daughter she was a year and a half old and we were hiding behind something and then yeah sorry to tell the story over but the uh, flight person then came over somebody representing was like you guys have to keep moving while people were running by us. And we're oh like, in our minds, we're like, we found the hiding spot. Why are yeah, you making us yeah. leave our Get, hiding he, spot? Come join us, lady. Yeah. Yeah. And then they brought us all down into a room with no exits. Oh my God. Just like uh, the top of a key, you yeah. know, like yeah. a, a cul-de-sac, the cul-de-sac yeah. of the airplane. Down these steps, you went down these steps and it was just a big room that was holding on. And some people wanted to go to the exit doors and they kept telling people, don't go out the exit doors. 
if you go out the exit doors, this is going to get way worse. You have to stay here. So uh-huh. we're like, are we sitting ducks? And I remember we had a, a, a New Hope Lego, Lego story version of A New Hope. And like us reading that with Mary uh-huh. while people were like flipping out around us. Oof. And I'm sure she could sense shit was going wrong, right? Yeah. I am remembering that I did have, I once crashed, I was on riding like back in the back of someone on an ATV in the desert and we each were holding shotguns Ooh. and we went over a little mini cliff and tumbled and the shotguns flew to the side. But like number of reasons we could have died there, but didn't. Yeah. yeah. Were you having fun like shooting stuff off the back? I don't think or were you we just holding shooting, it for fun? We weren't. We were riding to go shooting. Like mm-hmm. we weren't shooting while we were driving and stuff. We I think it had enough sense in that. But and I'm sure the shotguns weren't cocked. Like I, I doubt they were loaded, but they could have been. I mean, you I know, was in the, high school. It, it makes me think. I've just been thinking entirely on the oh, what if I had suffered the violence? But the other side is if you were, if I had to live in a world where I was 16 and my friends and I were goofing off and then my friend died and I didn't. Now. Yeah. I live with that. Or your brother. Yeah. The brothers in this movie that die too. Yeah. Ordinary people style. Yeah, that's right. So that guy was um, the, 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 the friend that dies, the hanging in the bathtub. Yeah. Um, What was up with his voice? I was wondering the same thing. It's too weird an accent not to be real somehow, but it's so, it's so distinct. It makes him seem like he's 55 years old. Yeah, this is yeah. like my <laughs> yes, yeah. Ah, man, what are you talking about? What are you going to go over there and do that? Yeah, 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 you're right. He did so seem like an older... And yet I grew to like that guy quite a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking he was that guy from The Wire. Is his name Ziggy? I forget his real name. And he was in a bunch of HBO stuff. And he's always playing like a strung out little wiry guy. <laughs> and no good Nick. But yeah. <laughs> Should we take a pee break? Sure. Okay. We'll be right back. With and rest. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
with glory and rest. We're back. Should we dive into this? Yeah. And uh, I just want to tell you, I don't know if you heard what happened when you went to your bathroom and I went to yeah. my bathroom, but Amanda put Margo, the cat, in the in the bathroom and I got a full-on horror movie, like cat classic scare. cat scare. Yeah. I opened it up, the cat jumped out, and I went, yeah. Mar- uh, Amanda's been putting her in there and then keeps forgetting. And so I just like, she'll leave. And then an hour later, I'll hear... In the bathroom, and like, oh, oh, poor Marty. You and Amanda were cracking up, though. It was very yeah. funny. You I got uh, a classic jump scare. Yes. We yes. like to provide the full experience here at the Gorley's House of Horror podcast. Yeah, the only thing that can happen next is uh, I'll go into the bathroom and I'll open up the mirror. Oh, yeah. I'll look in the mirror, I'll open it up, and then I'll close it, and then Margo will be behind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, let's dive right in. All right. Uh, 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 logo Loco. Classic new line. New line. Uh, some real slickness. Yeah. Uh, the um, And then, yeah, the credits do that thing that um, I don't think you see as much anymore. But for me, in my mind, it's Alien 3 does this where it's like, like credit on a screen goes away. Action between now. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck is yeah. back to the text? Then Bruce, what the holy shit text? Yeah, it's definitely the Fincher effect. Yeah, what yeah. is it? It's, but it's kind of a bygone thing now, I suppose, because it does feel very dated. Yeah, yeah. But this did a little bit. It would kind of be like, oh, name. What the oh? Yeah. Uh, but it also has the fun of like um any franchise where like the credits can only obliquely reference what the movie's about like by the sequels i'm sure the credits are like they can show exactly like yeah yeah i know and it's got the titles that so much is happening with the font it's growing it's moving it's kerning it's slashed it's like fading in and out all at the same time it's They're too much right a little bit yeah. it's a little like they found adobe like yeah. some sort of new uh, program that yeah. was like, could do all this. Like, well, they not? took every single animation font option and did all of them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, why not? If yeah. you can do it all, more is, uh, more is less. <laughs> uh, I mean, more, more is more. Uh, also, the movie kind of reminds me of, um, because of the X-Files beginnings and stuff, uh, this really reminds me of... Um, uh, cabin in the woods like a because that was you know from writers of tv science fiction genre at the time like either buffy or lost and then yeah the, and so what it is is like they are horror movies but i think they're made by people who like other genres yeah and they're bringing that love to the horror genre that they also love, but it just means that they're not going to do the typical like slasher right. thing. So it's this death design thing, or it's the idea that the cabin in the woods is this like set up for an you know ancestry of different characters. Yeah. Like, but um, there's parts of it maybe just because we've been watching the Indiana Jones and stuff, but like that sort of. Spielberg, Zemeckis, Rube Goldberg with an Alan Silvestri mm. score. What's female composer? Yeah. By the way? Yeah. It just, it feels like a, um, 
Yeah, more like a, a, a an Indiana Jones horror movie. Like when those action, those things are happening, it just yeah. feels like a oh, if Indy wasn't as a uh, safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not your father's Indy. Oh my God, that should have been the opening of this. George Lucas comes out and is like, this is not your father's Indy. They're like, what? <laughs> it's your grandfather's Indy. Um, and the title, Flight, uh, Final Destination, was originally supposed to be Flight 180. 180. Yeah. Uh, good choice with changing it because... You don't get a franchise out of the title Flight 180. No, then you're no. locked into it being a plane. I mean, even Final Destination is mostly locked into a plane... Yeah. Vernacular, but you can get around it. Yeah. Flight. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, did you see some of the posters in Devin Sawa's oh, room? I have Pecker written down. Yeah. The Edward Furlong movie. What else did I miss? Uh, he also had a poster for his favorite band, the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, all these people you would have seen maybe previously in other teen movies by this point, like Idle Hands with had Devin Sawa uh, and uh, Sean William Scott, as you mentioned. Mm. Uh, the mom for this guy, for, for Devin Sawa's character, I was like, where do I know her? Where? She was in something really big. Oh my God, they must even be kind of hinting with this casting to what a huge star she was. <laughs> I looked it up and she was the love interest and Ernest goes to jail. <laughs> she just personally meant a lot to me. <laughs> she said something really big to you. Personally significant <laughs> to me. To your heart. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she is, it is the best Ernest movie and she is the best love interest out of all of them. So great. it makes sense. But Let's talk about movie bedrooms because mm -hmm. I never knew anybody that had this kind of room with a dormer window cut out and like lots of square footage. Mm -hmm. Alex P. Keaton had the same kind of room. This guy does. Yeah. All I ever had was a 12 foot by 12 foot, 144 square feet cubicle room. That's it. You know, the only movie that really gets kids' bedrooms right is uh, the Fast Times. Yeah. Like when Spicoli is just in that little like closet. Yeah. And his brother goes and is like, Dad says you got to go to work, you bugger. Yeah. Uh, or um, E.T. and Poltergeist do pretty well because they're shot yeah, yeah. Or they just look like how kids throw stuff. Sometimes, yeah. like, yeah, the art directedness of a bedroom will yeah. be like, for me, it really comes at the um, perfectly asymmetrically hung post. You know, yes. you'll see that where it's kind of like, yeah, no kid would go, oh, let's shake things up rather than yeah. have the poster. Yeah. Like, a kid would be like, I want to look at this cool poster straight on. <laughs> You wouldn't do this like art design no, sort of like. they did it an inch off at the most. Yeah, yeah. Although if you went into my daughter's room, you would think it was like a movie designed room. And so every time I complain, like I have the same problem with kids' rooms. They look too designed. And then I went and did one like that. Although now though, since she's 16 months, certain pictures from the wall are missing above her changing table because she stands up and rips them off. And so there's, there's a chaos element. Yes. It, you know, I think that's maybe what it is. Is like the design stuff can be a little art directed. It's more the like ephemera junk. Yeah. The it, weathering, the weathering yeah, is like where the, yeah. the sophistication comes in of it being feeling real or yeah, whatever. Right. Um, 
if you're um, Ernest's girlfriend. <laughs> uh, the um, and I love like a with all of these. I don't think this would surprise you. Getting the sort of like opening broad stroke introduction of characters. Yeah. It's just pretty great. It's such a, uh, I mean, when I was thinking about like that, this movie is specifically hinges on action sequences where Rube Goldberg things make things kill somebody. I was like, there is no movie like this. No, you're right. (laughs) There's just like the closest thing is an okay. Go video. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> and those guys get if, out alive. If you love the OK Go videos and suspense movies, <laughs> uh, because that's just like, so what I mean by that is like because the way it under thing is that the thing is so unusual. I think sometimes the setup makes for some unusual stuff, like not. Many sequels will now hinge on, oh, you meet a group of characters before a disaster. And like, yeah. even that's kind of like, yeah. I can't think of a, maybe the closest thing is Agatha Christie, where you're like, yeah. I'm seeing disparate characters come together. I know it's going to be for some reason. Or the classic disaster movies like Airport or Poseidon Adventure. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're right, right, right. Is like, that's the power of like, the like Poseidon Venture yeah. earthquake or something like now I know it's 40 it's been a half hour until something's happened but I'm willing to wait because why would because you got Shelly Winters and Gene Hackman and Ernest Borgnine eating <laughs> together at a cruise ship table <laughs> it's also just really good you know the people who made this are real filmmakers like yeah it's a shame it has that 2000s patina on it mm-hmm. in some ways it's great because mm-hmm. it really locks it into this time and mm-hmm. now there were enough removed where i can enjoy it there used to be like 10 years after that i it was hard to watch uh-huh, those movies. Uh-huh. but it would be nice to see if this was actually made by like a big budget and they didn't need to do that kind of teen thing with it that it was a like a really well-made movie oh know? yeah just like a, a not going for the trend to see how well it would fare. Well, it'd be like a great M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah Where yeah. he casts like adults yeah. in these in a kind of a cool, high concept. Would we ever do a Shyamalan season? It'd be fun. I went and saw Knock at the Cabin, and it was my favorite movie of his since Signs. Really? Yeah. Wow. I really liked it. Uh, I went with Leslie and uh, our buddy Neil, and they weren't as big on it as I was, so maybe I... Uh, yeah. That's two... Out of three people who were so-so. So take that into consideration. Well, I mean, I haven't liked one of his movies since Signs yeah. either. Um, I guess. Uh, no, maybe you I just haven't. do the M. Night Scareth lawns. Like, we, we just cover those. We don't necessarily the, do, like, Last Airbender because that's not really a scary right. one. Yeah. Maybe just the thrillers, but most of them are thrillers. I, I think guess. that's the only one that isn't. Yeah, right? so no, right? Maybe we just. Oh, and uh, but I don't want to see that. that first one before Sixth Sense with Rosie O'Donnell, where it's like she's oh, like a nanny or something. I'm wide awake or is that not a thriller? No, it's, it's just not? like a feel good. Really? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen that. God. Yeah, no, we couldn't do that. When you said the 2000s patina on it, though, it did remind me of the thing. I was like. 
previously when I was when the movie was done, I was like reflecting on it. Like the fact that it came out in two thousand, a year and a half before nine eleven. There is something zeitgeisty to this thing of if we only could see a little bit more into the future. Yeah, it's crazy how on brand the theme of this movie is. Yeah, and knew what we could have been looking for. We could have averted this. Nope, the accident happened. So how do we work through that the accident happened? Oh, it's making everything fucking harder. Yeah. That is just such a real crazy snapshot uh, that's both predicting and reflecting yeah it's it is crazy and i'm curious because does the next does part two come out after 9 11 or before this is what i was just reflecting on i um think it is after it might be 2002 but then when was it filmed um is another story but here let me look uh Final Destination 2 is 2003. So that was oh, the big wow. three-year really period. Took, yeah, that's a long break for something that would have been that big a hit and so easily refillable. Yeah. Huh. huh. But yeah, so uh, the long after, I mean, they were shooting it clearly in the yeah. during the war on, or the start of the war on terror. But maybe that's why. I mean, maybe they were like, Ugh. How do we figure out getting around this, like, plane crash element thing and just make it about a disaster on a freeway. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, f- I feel like I know there was like collateral damage that movie. Uh-huh. All the, it, you couldn't do anything airplane related, but I even feel like there were certain people just didn't know what movies to make for a couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah. Even un non-plane movies. Yes. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. I, I uh, yeah, I, th- even that the characters are like, um, wholesome these teenagers like before they get on the plane none of them are doing anything yeah. illegal or even unseemly no some of them are just bitchy yeah when the friend is like hey you know you gotta what you gotta do before you go on a long flight you gotta poop yeah it, like i thought it was gonna be like hey let's go get fucked up or you know no, normal is a little deviant and weird for sure <laughs> yes especially that they perverse next to each other and the the bird's eye view camera. That Strange. was the weirdest. Part. I mean, it would yeah. be more normal if they were like, "I got ecstasy, so here, take you know." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was like, um, in retrospect, again with this like lens of it, the fact that they're so innocent, yeah, too, really makes it this kind of like. Pre cynicism, pre and it like oh they they really we had no clue. It was also like a little. I like it because it changes it from the what people accuse like the slasher movies of the eighties of like the moralism, like the teacher drinks like a bottle of vodka, pours it, and it maybe cause a little bit of the accident, but you don't go like. Oh, if she just wasn't drinking, she, no. You're and like, this I'm is fake. Quite the contrary, yeah. Contrary, yeah. Uh, because I couldn't figure out whether I was going to like this movie at first. Because the guy says, "What kind of? There's a baby on this plane. What kind of god would take down a flight with an innocent baby?" Then they see a physically challenged passenger, and I'm kind of like, "Oh, how is this film going to handle this stuff?" And then that guy mouths the f word at one point, and you 
and then there are two guys just taking dumps next to each other and the cameras on them. Also, it's a later old. when that guy dies too, they it's a weird real close up on him taking his pants down and I'm starting to get the vibe of what's this filmmaker really got in <laughs> store here. But then it kind of leaves that stuff behind. Yeah, know? yeah, and uh, right, but the, yeah, that's not like a um <laughs> they leave it behind, I guess, because the people who are surviving sort of stop being jerks. Like yeah. outside of the kind of the Letterman jacket jock guy yeah most people are all like sympathetic so it's not also that like right friday 13th part five thing where it's like yeah this person is such a deplorable piece of shit you're rooting that they i i wonder if that changes as final destination goes on that they do get you on the side of um i was watching an interview with john carpenter from the early 90s different ones and he always gets asked about like violence in movies and stuff. It's like such a boring thing he has to keep answering. But he did make a point about uh, where he thinks it, it, the movies do become obscene. And he said, he referenced Friday 13th. He said, there came a point with them where the teenagers, they didn't want the teenagers to feel like they could die. They were rooting on the monster. And so they started rooting for the monster to kill the people. And he's like, that's when I felt like it started crossing a line. I'm like, well, that's what I, those movies become less interesting to me. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, there's something about too that comment about God would be, you know, like a fucked up God that would do this. And so there is a weird kind of anti-moralizing to this movie. It's almost, it's almost a movie about fate. And where a fate almost where God doesn't exist or something like a predeterminism or, or determinism, I guess, or something. Yeah. That's, and seeing how the characters kind of, it, it's almost like a very cool way to look at how anybody sort of reacts to the idea that we're all, there's no way you could escape uh, trick yeah, death. Yeah. This is kind of what Lost was trying to get at, but then just completely mm-hmm. abandoned. Because, well, when that guy's like racing the car, because he's like, well, so what? Yeah. I'll get it before death gets me. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, that's why teenagers drive cars fast. Yeah. They're just like, fuck you. I can conquer this. You're not telling me I'm going to die right now. So whatever people's reactions to like the idea that that you're going to die is like, I mean, I, uh, whatever. The thing I've been thinking about lately is like, I, I, in a since adolescence, and I understood, like, I remember once saying to somebody, like, why is anybody scared of death? If heaven exists, then you get to go to heaven. That's great. And then my friend in high school was like, because you have loved ones who would miss you, like, you want to be around for this. I was like, oh, okay, right. Uh, but um, the, 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 uh, so from that point forward, I've thought, oh, I want to be around as long as possible. But I'm still not really scared of eventually going. But, Matt, the last year, a little scary thoughts been creeping in. I'm not scared of the final moment. I'm scared of the last five years. Oh, yeah. I mean, five years, that could be... Could be like could be ten, could be fifteen. Oh, I'm being yeah. yeah. I know it could be one. It could be a month. Who knows? Oh God, I know, I know. I don't want Leslie to go before me. 
if she does and I'm on this planet alone that sucks yeah oh i that's why i'm <laughs> and so, so it's like i'm not scared of the last two minutes of the deathbed it's like the fucking yeah i'm the so two presidential way, terms before I-, <laughs> I know i'm because i'm older than amanda that very likely i'm going lucky first. <laughs> I knew, and i planned it that way <laughs> and i've been eating as poorly as possible not exercising just so i could selfishly go first well, oh. it's funny because I think you know, uh, life finds its way kind of thing. Uh, statistically, dudes die earlier than ladies, yeah. but by a lo- uh, whatever emotional equipness, uh, women are built to have relationships that continue through life, uh, that go beyond husband within their community. Oh, yeah. Whereas... I think for some dads, yeah. the wife goes is like, well, I talk to my barber every <laughs> six weeks. So next time I get a haircut, I'll go talk to him about this. <laughs> oh, final destination. You've done it. Yeah. They go, look at us. They got us talking. What are we? Uh, 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 Jean-Paul Fartra? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No exit. Yeah. Right out of my butt. <laughs> Did he write No Exit or is that a, the, the suicide book? What was this? Is no suicide exit book? Eugenie Inesco? Ooh. No, wait. I don't know. I don't know either. It's a play. Uh, who's the suicide? What? The what? Who? Uh, What'd you say? Who's? Did you say, who? did he write No Exit or? Oh, Jean-Paul Sartre. I have a book, but then there, that was maybe called No Exit, but I'm, did you say um, suicide? But I'm also confusing. And maybe there was a book in the '90s that was oh. like a. It was controversial because it was sort of like a how-to guide on how to kill yourself. Ooh, and but maybe that's called exit. Yes, exit or <laughs> exit, <laughs> exit exclamation way. point. Yeah. Um, Listen, I don't have a ton of notes for this because I really did just kind of watch it. But I do have a question for you. Yeah, I wrote this note. Don't take this the wrong way. But I, I wrote that down. What what would that? I remember it made me laugh because it was like something they said, and I went like, "What do you mean? Don't take that the wrong way. How could you take it in another oh, way?" It's funny. I thought you were gonna say you started writing down that as a reaction, like you saw somebody who looked like me, and you're like, "Don't take this the wrong way." Mm-mm. But uh, you remind me. Of oh no, Ali Larder. No. Oh, well, thank you. Do you remember what that? is in this movie i think it might have been like yeah you were responsible for the like yeah yes, it was yes, a real yes. harsh thing yeah like, don't yes. take this the wrong way but yeah it, it's a it's the same thing as like with all due respect that can't take everything away that's yeah. not the big uh, brush that can wipe it all right away. uh yeah the uh um with the um I did like that guy, the tough guy with the turbulence hit yeah. the plane, and then he went, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. like, that was a really yeah. uh, true moment. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so, so when they meet those agents after the plane yeah. crash, they're getting interrogated. The guy who plays Jay Leno. The guy who plays Jay Leno, Roebuck or whatever. Yeah. Um, in the late shift, he plays Jay Leno. Yeah. Was also in Lost. Yeah, as long as we're talking about Lost this whole episode. Yeah. Um, one of the characters' name, last name, they do the kind of like wink, wink, 
thing. Yeah. But it's, it's Shrek. Shrek, yeah. Because Shrek is a Nosferatu thing. It's the same thing that Shrek the Goblin is really kind of pulling from. It's also why Christopher oh. Walken's character in Batman Returns is named Max Shrek. Oh. But they're kind of cutesy. Wink, wink. Doesn't hold up a year later when the movie Shrek comes out. So I was this guy's wondering. Called Agent Shrek. I thought Shrek came out before this, and they were like, "What?" This is Agent Shrek and his partner, Agent Donkey. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Agent Shrek. This is Agent Napoleon Dynamite. This is Agent Borat. <laughs> the other zeitgeist thing. Uh, I felt a little bit like I did kind of go like, oh, at the end, Sawa is a, it's it's a final boy movie. It's not a final girl movie, and it's a final couple movie. Yeah, a final thruple. trio thruple. Whoa. Oh, these sick twists. I guess no, because then the guy does die. It's a final <laughs> couple movie. Yeah. Uh, but like when he's in that cabin alone and not wanting to, like, I was just like, oh, that could have been. Typically, that would be in a horror movie. Right. Like the girl is left alone, defenseless, yeah. and stuff, and trying to survive. Um. The choice of making it, and this kind of goes back to like, I wish they made the Devin Sawa character just a little bit more of an outcast misfit. Because yeah. I think there would have been like a real snapshot of the time Columbine thing of just like, I mean, it even happens when later when they bring Sawa in and he goes, that kid gave me the creeps. It kind of creeped me out because I, I, for a moment, I believed him. And like, the not that anybody would believe the Columbine kids, but just sort of the like, there's some Chris Rock had a really funny routine about it. Like, the people that scare me most are uh adolescent white kids, yeah. Like, that seemed to be kind of like what Sawa was about. It's just this sort of like, yeah, there's a dangerous kid. And they're trying to be like, what's going on in your head that's going to lead to disaster? Yeah, for all we of should us? almost not believe him as well. He should have been a little edgier or something, a little outsidier. Yeah, yeah. Well, the same way that like, um, if you're a funny kid. But wait, maybe but, they didn't do that because Columbine was a year yeah. earlier, and they probably were like, we can't. We now can't they're even get it close up. to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably right. Oh yes, maybe he should have been. He would have been more of a, like a dark eyeliner type, or something. yeah, exactly. But now yeah. he's just a yeah, um, hmm. Chester milk toast. <laughs> now, why do they put down milk toast? So this is delicious. I know milk and toast. Um, did I tell you once I was doing like a prank pilot thing once, where I was supposed to be like pranking on people at like a race car event, uh-huh. and it was right after milk had come out. And I had my hair. Oh, the movie the, milk. The, the like, Sean wait, Penn. The drink. <laughs> <laughs> Cows were just on the scene. Yeah, been around forever, man. <laughs> and uh, this guy, he got a good one on me. He called me Harvey Milk Toast. Uh, <laughs> wait, who did? This guy was just passing by. He was, you were trying to prank? Yeah, he got me good. <laughs> He's like, okay, Harvey Milk Toast. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> He's like a NASCAR guy who like came up with this funny like milk-toast play oh, on He's like, you kind of look NASCAR. like your hair sort of combed like Harvey Milk right now in this movie that's out. So I'm going to call you Harvey Milk-toast. Wow. Yeah, uh, pretty good. I noticed, you know, sometimes they'll have a little VHS cassette in a scene to be like, eh, this might be a clue into what this movie is about. Yeah. I don't think that's the case because I noticed Devin Sawa had a video of Papillon. 
the like Steve McQueen, yeah. Dustin uh, Hoffman the drama. Prison drama. Yeah. Any thematic? I can't see any. Along those lines, they kept focusing on the brand name of the fan. Yes. To the point where I was like, all the whole movie, I'm watching it going, that's got to be an anagram. They keep showing it. What does it mean? It is fountain. I was trying to scramble it. Is that like the infant, infantu? What is this? And oh, it no, was the killer nothing. infantu. <laughs> you bastard infantu, leave these teenagers alone. Yeah. Uh, but then it, I guess it just ended up being like if you saw Honeywell on a thermostat a bunch of times or something. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And then also the teacher, she had a fan in her place. Uh, I noticed that too. A lot of and fans often get used fans in, the in, credits. in Rube Goldberg's thing because of the reciprocating or oscillating. Yeah, thing can trigger something. But it was in the fan in the opening credits too. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Write in callers. Call in fan us. fans. If you're a fan of yeah. Um. Now. Um. That first death. The the at half hour and the the fake hanging yeah um i was feeling some real suspense in that scene matt i yeah. don't know about you no. were you feeling it oh sure and what's so devilish about all of these movies is they start piling on details and just doing little close-ups of dangerous things and they might not all pay off they just do the service of getting your yeah. like nerves up. Yeah. Cause like the razor blade thing sort of paid off in a way, but it was more just to get you like, yeah. it gets a point in these sequels met where in a fun way, it becomes unbearable. Really? And that's the thing that I'm most like, Okay, we're gonna watch the sequels. That's fine. That's fine. They're, ah. fun. They're fun. But I felt it in this scene. The first one I was like, these movies are fun. These movies are fun, Paul. Don't uh, just, calm down. I am looking forward. That says something about this movie. I'm looking forward to the second movie. Yeah, that's nice. Watching. Did you feel it though in that first scene? Were you feeling a little nervous? Yeah, because I was bummed because I actually by that point had kind of grown to like that character because mm. at first they make him seem like he's going to be the obnoxious buddy, but then he kind of becomes a good friend to him. <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't want him to die. Yeah, I wanted and you like Carter to die, obviously. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you were also like, yeah, I didn't want the, uh, I wanted him to work things out with his dad. Yeah. No, I didn't want Stifler to die because by that point, he's just a lovable goof. Mm hmm. And yeah. The end of the death, I didn't, I love that whole sequence. It's like awesome. But the, when the liquid goes back up. Yeah. I don't know if I like that on my final desk. I know that it's kind of like to clear up the evidence or something right. to not make it seem like he, he did slipped. slip. Yeah. But wouldn't you want it there as a alibi? Like if you were death, you'd be like, no, I want it to look slippery. So it's, oh no, no, no. Because if it's he a suicide, to, he wants it to seem like a suicide. But what's the slippery really? It was just too, everything I can buy Oh, the pipe could burst in that moment. He could nick himself in that thing. Yeah. It just doesn't seem plausible that liquid goes back up. It seems too well, supernatural it, it too early. Yeah. <laughs> Bad. yeah no, can I liquid go back up? It can't. That's why they shot it in reverse. But it didn't bother you. You were like, eh. I guess I didn't know what I was in for here. Yeah. I didn't know. Is there, like, I didn't know if this movie was going to go on and explain this evil or 
I mean, I like that they don't, that it's just death. Maybe it's like the thing concept. we like about universal rides or whatever, where you can turn back around and see it reset. Yeah. So maybe that's what it's just doing. It's kind yeah. of like resetting <laughs> to the next like person to come through. Um, the, um, when the leaf started going down after that scene, like the kid dies in the hanging and then Devin Sawa looks up and sees like a leaf falling. Yeah. Maybe you go like, oh, oh, what's going to happen with that leaf? I thought it was like, oh, that's the Canadian maple leaf. That means the hockey guy is going to die next. Ooh, a little. Yeah. Uh, it did make me think if it was oh, like. That's also at the uh, the original ending. Oh. Uh -huh. When they're at the grave and it's just her and Carter uh -huh. left, a leaf floats down and that's the last shot. Oh. And there's like wind blowing. She's like, oh, he's here with me. Well, that's good. Yeah. Matt, because that would mean the leaf then when that fell after his scene was his friend. Uh, yes, that's right. Like if you rewatch the movie now, you go, oh, that was his friend. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Because um, it did make me think when the leaf was falling, it looked maybe digital or something. Yeah. It, it made me think of like if the feather in Forrest Gump, if he was like in a Final Destination thing where the feather <laughs> made the bus like collide with him on the bus stop <laughs> and that's it it's over yeah hey life is like a box of huh okay <laughs> um the uh the boring scene you want to talk about that little cookie was part? that just to have tony todd in and weird to have the character named Todd in the previous scene and the Tony Todd comes up with too many yeah. Todd Aroos. But this, I guess this is the closest they can get to an expert on death to give them the exposition that they couldn't, it wouldn't make <laughs> sense for their characters to have. You're so right, man. That's so good that they were like, okay, who's an expert? Well, the guy at a morgue probably and does who, a thing or two. Who do we give to have the gravitas for that? Well, the candy man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, classic just horror movie move of just like hey, this actor's in another horror movie yeah. like, like so yeah uh being in that morgue though and you know my set dar was already going off i yeah. knew that was a morgue yeah. or a fake morgue yeah. but um i particularly knew it was a fake morgue because i just watched a um behind the scenes thing the making of um a a, a cruising and oh i've been wanting to watch that movie i've never seen it oh yeah uh and william freakin had uh fight and have a somebody in the city write a letter to the mayor in order to shoot inside a morgue apparently it's impossible in movies and he wanted the uh, realism and it just made me go like wow all morgue scenes are probably sets and then lo and behold yeah. three days later did he get into a real morgue mm -hmm. is that movie good do you like that movie i do it's a uh, um i know it's a little yeah, and I don't even politics. mean necessarily in political correctness terms or whatever. It's just, it's, uh, uh, it's fascinating. You yeah. should watch it. It's just, it's not, yeah. I, I don't even know if William Freakin would say it's like entirely successful in what it's trying to do. Yeah. But it's also part of the, a lot of the open endedness of it, I think, is mm. decided, but it makes for what seems like a sloppy mystery. Okay. I don't know. I've been wanting to watch it. Watch and it. <laughs> along those lines that you're talking about though, the morgue that happened with Fort Knox and Goldfinger and the, um, wait, was it that? Yeah, I think so. And that they weren't allowed to go in or even see what it looks like. So uh, he just designed it how he thought. And 
I think someone in the government contacted him going, how did you get inside Fort Knox or something like that? I'm trying to remember if that was. That's awesome. Like Ken Adam. It was like, yeah. Uh, if he, um, if he somehow snuck in there. Yeah. Maybe. Um, he like dresses up as a bar of gold. <laughs> They're like bringing in gold. Uh-huh. Do, uh-huh. Do, do, One, two, do, three. Do, hey! do, 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 but then he do, does the classic thing that anybody does when they get away with it. For some reason, they feel it necessary then to throw away the thing yeah. and show the person they got away with it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they find the gold bar costume and they're like, wait, this is a real gold bar costume. A trope is- that I really discovered that I love that recently. Leslie and I were watching a movie where like an old heiress who's got a will that everybody wants for the 80s yeah. <laughs> and she had this like little white poodle and the white poodle would growl oh yeah somebody would come by yeah. the rich heiress with the poodle who knows who's bad yes yeah. <laughs> I, I want a whole movie built around that yeah that's pretty great <laughs> also then when we started talking about tropes i cracked up leslie big time i gave you credit i was like matt noticed one and she's like what I was like, in every attic, there's a bird cage. And she laughed. She's like, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we talked about it. You seem to be okay with uh that time period between the next deaths and exploring it. Yeah. Um because I yeah, I was along for the ride learning the info. In general, I do like in any movie, I don't like these scenes. Which scenes? The scenes of uh Here's what you have to do oh, yeah, if you want to destroy the monster. Right. I don't know why they always like really. Yeah, because they're they're purely script contrivances. There's well, first of all, this one is especially absurd because that guy's speaking with such authority, like he's done this. But he's also being vague enough. He's not saying like this is what you're facing. He's just talking kind of conceptually about death. It's pretty strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh but right, right, right. It's like conceptual, but enough that they they have a takeaway about how they can try to defeat it. And he's saying, "I've seen enough death to know." But no, you've seen enough dead people. You're you presumably have not been there at the deaths of all these people coming yeah. through. He's Candyman. <laughs> he knows. It's just like uh, I know those are like real fun movie movie scenes, like yeah. in a werewolf movie where they go and they're like, "Oh, well, this is the legend of." Lycanthropa. Yeah, and then you take a yeah. book off and then they like, but even then I never like it. Mm. I just, I think it's partly also just like, um, it, it's what you're saying. It's just like, it comes in at a time when they need to figure it out. Yeah. I think it's also like, I do like in horror movies that it's like, sometimes the solution is easy. And because of people's egos or hangups, they can't work it out. Cause I think I'm like, Oh, I, feel that i think it just doesn't hit me as real when somebody's like do this and it'll solve the problem it's there's not even like a that's never true in real life there's never (laughs) and then there's the version where they figured out themselves and it becomes Freddie's fire and Michael's or how do we use Jason's that? water or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and eventually then just because that's sane. Yeah. Um the uh uh the teacher death was next. That's um, a good one. 
Yeah, I really like that. All the little setup that um uh and right, that's like when I like I said, it was when I understood what the movie was and what was yeah. gonna be. So when it all clicked in. Um the um when I did like the moment though after the teacher dies and then the house explodes. John William Scott's just coming by on a bike with a backwards cap. Yeah. It's like a paper boy. What are they trying to say that like these little things always kind of keep bringing them together? Or are they just like, we have six days of reshoots. Sean William Scott here. The camera loves this guy. Let's just have him come by on his bike and respond to what's happening. I don't know. I truly don't know. I did like all of his funny stuff. Yeah. Asking like, is this team going to win? Yeah. Yeah. I laughed LOL that the trade scene when he's pointing down at the train. Yeah. He's in the background and he's pointing. He's going, guys, the train, the yeah. train. Oh. Did you notice also Carter pissed his pants? They don't say anything about it, but he's got just big wet spot. There. It was also That's, a really I, funny part yeah, of the train. I, yeah. I didn't notice that the first time. But uh, the, yeah. yeah, he's got those piss pants. Yeah, I've, it's funny that they don't call it out. It's just there. Um, I think... Um, you know, Sean William Scott is like just somebody who's like a, a it, it was an actor in an era of a chunk of movies. But um and I know he's gone on to other, you know, it's like in the Lethal Weapon show. Oh yeah. <laughs> the for Regiment. Yeah. Uh, but um I'll add him to the list with uh Shia LaBeouf and uh Lindsay Lohan. He's not as yeah, obviously he's not as uh tortured yeah. seemingly as those people. But um uh, as a list of actors who audiences big time love and would be welcoming those people with open arms. If, yeah, uh, he's due for a renaissance, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, a shanaissance. A shanaissance. Yeah. yeah. Sean William Scottissance. <laughs> a stifler sance. <laughs> he's stifler, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the um. Then they decide. Hey, I got it. They go, my dad's got a cabin uh, that yeah. we can go to. I, how many times have teens in a movie been saved by the dad who has the cabin away from the disastrous? Yeah. And uh, like, they don't give any time except for him rolling one roll of duct tape to show that he's fate proofed this cabin. But then the first thing he does is open canned food, which could easily just have botulism in it. <laughs> Yeah, he should be like, what would be the safest thing to eat? Like he grows his own fruit inside the <laughs> house? Uh, good question. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like a Pop-Tart. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it could go bad, but, but he'd have to stand down you. the corners just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it's just so high in fructose corn syrup <laughs> that he gets diabetes and dies over the course of 30 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gets his foot amputated. And then at the end, when his like, great-great-grandchildren are surrounding him on Des bed, the final destination goblin or whatever, is like, hey, hey, got you. Got you. <laughs> I'm 98. Nice, nice one. You remember, got me. We were like, 10 years ago, like Stalin's granddaughter died at like yeah. the age of 85 or so. It's like, payback's a bitch, <laughs> Stalin. Oh, so not even her great, fault. Great, great, great. <laughs> yeah. I know. I love that. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, um, uh, 
I like the little four all together now, riding around in a car. Oh, the 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 train scene is really awesome. Um, the thing that you know with Final Destination movies that I most love, we'll talk about it probably with the sequels, is just they somehow found a way to make a movie that is like the mechanism is suspense. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And you can just build suspense with the mechanism that the movie is. Yeah, you know it's going to happen. I really like the reveal that even though it was silly, but that there's an order to their deaths. Yeah. yeah. If if he had been more of a kind of like a cuckoo kid or something, that would have like really paid off. He's like, yeah. oh, he was already doing this weird shit with like, yeah, uh, programming and putting layers and figuring things out and being kind of a having a wire crossed in his brain. And the fact that he gets it wrong, so it'd be further reason for people not to believe him. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, uh, and then the like decapitation of uh, yeah. Sean William Scott was and really more than that. It was just like one of those brutal. <laughs> where did we see that in another movie where that happened? Where they get their head cut off right there. It's brutal. Oh fuck! What? Yeah, but the yeah to have it on a Black Dahlia style, like yeah. across the cheek. Is... I've been reading so much about the because I you know I read the Black Dahlia. Oh, and I watched De Palma's Black Dahlia. You did? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I have to say it wasn't as bad. Okay. As, as I mean, it wasn't good. Okay. But it wasn't. It, it wasn't offensive it's, to your. No, in fact, if anything, is actually just kind of maybe boring. Yeah. A little. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed a little phoned in or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if fairly, David Fincher had made that movie, it would have been oh, far more yeah. vibrant. Fairly faithful to the book for the first half, and then the ending's fairly different. Hmm. But I've just been sort of obsessed with that whole thing. Kind Are you of, having dreams or anything like that? No, or but that's like, kind of what happens to Bucky in that story. Josh Hartnett's character is he becomes, especially in the book, he becomes obsessed with her. But I did find myself driving home, and I was going, I'm not far from Limert Park. Should I swing by and see... I think it's a condos now or something where her body was found, but yeah. it's an interesting neighborhood that I've she's at been. right now. Cause like it was a big field before where they found yeah. her and now it is like, Oh, suburbia or something. Yeah. Just yeah. like houses. And, uh, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I told you, I think I'm like less than a mile away from, um, where the supposed killer lives the doctor yeah really and it's in a house that's like in the aviator like it uses it as a filming location you say lives he's dead right yeah yeah, yeah. since yeah i don't but people call it the jurassic house because it looks like jurassic park sort of style wow um and then like america's next top model had a season there and stuff but yeah um uh Oh, oh, what I was just going to say with the train thing, though, was um, in the same way that this movie found a way, these movies find a way to make suspense just like the thing, the mechanism, like having a train there, I was like, oh, that's the original like movie. Yeah. This thing's coming. coming, You can't change it. Right. Um, And what I love about, it just made me think about like what I love about suspense editing that is so at the end of the day, just like playful is the way they just cheat left, right, and center. You'll have a train. Yeah. They'll have a close-up where it's like going 80 miles yeah. per hour and 
two inches away from yeah. impact. And they'll cut to the other person. They still have time to kind of like yank a little bit of the seatbelt. Yeah, it's just so, I know. It's like the indie movies when the conveyor belt in Temple of Doom and then the, uh, the I forget what it is. Oh, the spike ceilings. Yes. Yes. I get to the point where you're like, oh, I think they're they're doing this on purpose because it's like a trope of the serials. But it's so hard to believe that they would still sacrifice that because everybody talked about it when I was a kid going, wow, he would have been so dead. How they stretch it. Yeah. yeah. But it reaches this the- is where the part in the movie where I it kind of like didn't work for me in that death goes to all this trouble to kill that guy in an attempted suicide to, to look like in a suicide. But in this one, he just locks the door. Death just locks the doors, you yeah. know? Or it also doesn't work for me. Yeah. Well, the go bus, ahead. but it just seems like death can be very direct if it wants to. I wish they would just all keep it to this kind of butterfly effect mm-hmm. thing. That was more interesting. Yep. I agree. I, I feel like when it started, um, I forgot how it culminated. So when like the kind of like last 20 minutes started with Devin Sawa alone in the cabin and he's like, eating, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. This is so cool. They are making it smaller yeah. instead of it getting bigger. Now it's just really tense having. And then once he got in the boat and started like rowing yeah. to get to her, to rescue her, even though it doesn't necessarily logically make sense with the horror movie either on a logistical level of how the device works or on an emotional level of what he's trying. It just, but I'm just going like, Oh, this is just a lame action movie now. Yeah. Not lame, yeah. but it's just like when I've seen like him run through the forest with ch- a cop car going after him so he can get to her. I'm just like, yeah. this isn't now the final destination movie. It's not even yeah. a horror movie. Yeah. The ending's a bit of a dud, but it saves it then with that last like epilogue. I think the, yeah. you're kind of like, yes, yes. Yeah. When we get to Paris. After but, the train sequence, it starts dwindling and then the Paris thing. But kinda, it's six months later and they're ready to get back on a plane. They're so sure they've cheated death that they're just going to the the tempt fate all over again in the same way it started hey, in the first they're place. They're 19. It's the same confidence right, that gets man. a kid to go to New York and try to bust on the great white way. You're right, man. You're right. <laughs> I can't believe they'd have the balls to go to a studio backlot dressed up like Maybe that is the most backlotty Paris safe. I've ever I know, seen. I know. It looks Maybe like the Universal lot. They just went to Universal. Yeah. They're like, this is baby steps. <laughs> and that was enough to awaken the sleeping giant of death. <laughs> the airplane was actually just like a little set that they set yeah. up. They knew it was a set yeah. of, okay, we're getting uh, reacclimated. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I did think it would have been funny, though, if he had the unheroic death of Drowning in a puddle while a tree was on top of him. <laughs> I know that's right. Um, the um, but he did die with the electrocution. And now that I know that you were electrocuted, I don't. I I thought of this before. I don't mean to poke fun, but please. I did think like uh, they missed a really big comic moment there. They could have really shown Devin Tomo holding that thing, be like. <laughs> Well, Amanda didn't reckon or reckon. She didn't <laughs> comment. Uh, I'm half away. No, I like that old lesson. Amanda reckoned. She was saying, isn't that silly? He had to hold that hose and do that, you know? Yeah. What was it supposed to be? Is like uh, just also like 
he's Christ-like in his sacrifice. For those. Uh, I guess, but yeah, in the real ending, he like starts on fire and burns up, and it's very so oh dramatic. Because then that also makes sense that it was how he was going to die on the plane. Yeah, eventually he'd be in, engulfed in flames. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um yeah, that's a bummer ending. You you want the yeah. Yeah. Um the uh I did think that there's some new line early Audis love for air tanks that can go wildly on their own. That was yeah. another connection to Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The other um shared cinematic space. I just wanted to share last thing that um the uh Oh, oh, sorry. When he was in the cabin, there was a little Jean Benet headline that was sticking out of a box that I thought was weird. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, also, I just want to point out when Devin Sawa starts going crazy and he's kind of like, no, this is the thing and we can do this. I like him and stuff, but um, if you were a, a funny kid and, and you saw Jim Carrey, half of those funny kids would start acting like Jim oh, Carrey. Sean William Scott. He's yeah. doing some Carryisms yeah, in that. Yeah, I know. That was, Jim Carrey is the worst thing to happen to comedy. Wrong on all fronts, Matt. <laughs> sorry. His own and <laughs> the, the, all of the repercussions. Um, but if you were an actor who was into drama in this generation, yeah, you sunk your teeth in to Brad Pitt's yes, performance in say, 12 Monkeys. That's right. That's right. Neil Campbell has pointed this yes. out to me. He's like, when he was going to see theater and plays or just actors that age in the yeah. early 2000s in LA, everybody was doing their version of Brad Pitt and 12 Monkeys. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. Absolutely he's like, right. ooh, ooh, yeah. isn't it weird that I'm handsome but acting crazy? Yeah. 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 And then the other side is like, still jerkiness. It's just to be like, oh, righty then. Yeah. <laughs> They're on the same. Oh, line. man. Um, it was a herky jerky decade. Yeah, well, or we, more. It was fun, wasn't it? Didn't we have fun at that decade? Um, but um, yeah, I think that was all. Um, well, should we? Um, let's do best kill. Then we'll read some Zenos and then rate the film. Huh? Fun. What do you like for best kill? I'm gonna go with Sean William Scott. Chicapitation. Chicapitation. I'm going to go, and I know it's not the trademark of this movie, and I know I'm going to get lots of good Rube Goldbienberg ones, I'm sure. That bus one just got me. That's man. awesome, I dude. I loved it. I loved That's great. It. That's great. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> take a look at some of the xenomorphs we got. This is the people that subscribe at the baby xenomorph level. And we read their names. If you are a baby, newly subscribed baby xenomorph, email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com. And we yeah, will thank read you it. as uh, as always, everyone. Um, this is Kyle Chase, who wants their Patreon name Marion Shag read in a George Lazenby's voice as if he's one of his latest conquests. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hello, Marion Shag. That's not, that, that was, was more good. Con, I got a little bubble with my I was swallowing when that he was. was more Connery. I don't know. Uh, could Paul read my name like a new no no? And the name is Colin Ruggiero. Uh, Ruggiero, sorry. Ruggiero? Yeah. Colin Ruggiero? Yeah. Uh, new Colin Ruggiero, go, go. You're a <laughs> Colin Ruggiero, no, no. <laughs> That's classic. Uh, 
Maria Miller, it's just having a name read. Great. Thank All you, right. Maria. Um, M- Maeve Ralston wants their name read as the leprechaun by me. So the farticon so by funny. Paul. That was a laugh, but it sounded like a fart. <laughs> I'd like to have the name of Maeve Ralston read. I can't even remember what le- leprechaun sounds like. I've been doing so much Elmo voice for my daughter. That's all I can do. And um, try as they will, try as they might, it's going to be one hell of a wedding night. That was the line that's in Leprechaun they 2. Will, try as they might, it's going to be one hell of a name reading tonight. That's good. Maeve Ralston, I'm Cobra Commander. <laughs> um, Matt Masterson says, I'm not sure this will work, but I don't know where to put this little request. I just upped to Baby Zeno mainly to have Paul read my name and the butterball was the most nefarious voice. <laughs> What's his name? Matt Masterson. They say butterball was the most nefarious <laughs> member of Pinhead's court, <laughs> but it's actually... Say it again. Matt Masterson. But it's actually Matt Masterson. <laughs> Good name for the uh, 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 Hellraiser video guy voice, yeah. the YouTube guy. Okay. It's out of 13. It's the first final destination. Also, that has become a, like a, uh, I saw on a Reddit, somebody found a picture of Pete Davidson that looks like Butterball. Oh, I saw that too somewhere. And then that was somebody's own joke. Yeah. And then somebody added the joke. Butterball is the most nefarious member of Pinnett's court. <laughs> to see those words on a computer make me so happy. <laughs> All right, rating it. Mm. I rate these movies for what I think they are and trying to be. Mm-hmm. I think it was very successful for what it mm-hmm. is. It knew itself. I'm going to give it a 10. All right. I'm going to give you... Oh, 10 and a half. 10.5. That's an average of 10.25 for 2000's Final Destination. Yes. We'll be back next week with Final Destination 2. 2 from 2003, as we found out today. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Three years later in movie times, one week later yeah, in one podcast week later times. For us, but yeah, for the moviegoers. Oh, boy, they had to wait a long time. Not you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, Head over to patreon.com slash with Whirly and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gourley and Rust. Email us at withgourleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gourley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gourley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, 
a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.